It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there. But with all the current uncertainty, how do we know when and where to put our hard-earned money to work for us? It's easy to become distracted by that shiny object or the quote-unquote next best thing. So how do we determine which strategies will best align with our financial goals? Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies to build our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Danny Nichols. And I'm Chris Thompson. This is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. Listen, if you're interested in passive real estate investing, but aren't sure how or where to get started, our passive investing guide walks you through the entire process from understanding the benefits to performing the due diligence. Download your copy today at twosmartassets.com and start taking action. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, and today our guest is Bronson Hill. As a managing member of Bronson Equity, he is general partner in 1,400 multifamily units worth over $100 million. Bronson co-leads a large in-person multifamily meetup in Pasadena, California called Four Investors by Investors Pasadena Multifamily. He is also the author of The Single Best Investment Strategy During or After a Pandemic and is a regular contributor to YouTube and Bigger Pockets. Bronson, man, it's great to see you. Welcome to the show. Hey, Danny, I'm really excited to be here. Excited to be one of your smart assets. (laughs) (laughs) Bronson, man, yeah, that's right. Two smart assets on here today. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, Hey, man, just just so our listeners real quick, uh, just a heads up. If you're not following Bronson on YouTube uh, yet, go do it right after the show. Go subscribe to the show, man. I was actually just watching one one of your videos right before we logged on here, and it is absolute fire. So all listeners, make sure to go check that out. It's really good stuff. Thanks, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we know you're making some major moves in the multifamily space, but to kick this thing off, Bronson, we want to make sure our listeners know more about you. So if you can take a few minutes, please share uh, with the audience a little bit more about your backstory, how you got into real estate and what your current focus is. Yeah. So I uh, basically was a corporate sales uh, guy. I basically, you know, medical device sales, some pretty high end sales going into surgery, particularly heart surgery, showing physicians. Yeah, I was going into the OR, showing physicians how to use their specialty equipment for heart surgery. So it was, it was great. I really enjoyed it. It paid really well. It was a great job. And some people were like, why would you ever want to leave this? This is, you know, perfect. (laughs) And, and to me, I'm always wanting to learn something new and I'm always wanting to figure out how to grow. And I just feel like at a lot of jobs, once you've done it for six months or a year, it kind of ceases to be uh, exciting. You kind of know the drill. There's a lot of learning that happens. Then you can kind of just, especially if it's sales or something that's a little repetitive, you kind of just you kind of know what the objections are. You know what people are going to ask. So you kind of know what it is. And so when I, I started, I've been in real estate for years, been in single family. And then through a you know a series of events, I met uh, kind of a distant relative who said, hey, why don't you do multifamily? I said, I'd love to. I don't have the money. He said, you can raise the money. And so, because my plan at the time when I talked to him was to get 30 single family houses and retire with, quote, passive income. And he's like, that sounds like a lot of work, man. Why don't you do multifamily? And I said, well, I don't have the money. He said, well, you can raise the money. He told me about this great thing called syndication. where You raise money from investors. Uh, that was four years ago. Now I've raised over $20 million. We actually have about $120 million in real estate now. And uh, I left my great corporate W2 job earlier this year. And we were talking about that earlier, Dan. He's like, what's the right time to actually leave a great job? And But I love now that I have the flexibility to create resources to create, you know, YouTube and podcasts and hopefully write a book and different things that really help busy professionals to pay less taxes and to really make more money passively because not all income is equal. If you're actively in a business and you're making great money, 
I know a couple of doctors that I worked with that they worked, uh, you know, a ton of hours, 60, 80 hours a week, but they're making $2 million or more per year. But in my opinion, they were not financially free, right? Because they were just stuck. They were a slave to the job. So no matter how much you make, if you have to go to work to make that job, you're not really financially free. But when you start getting passive income, you start seeing great returns and things like multifamily investing or other investments, something happens and the light just goes on and not everybody gets it. But when someone gets it, it's like a magical experience. That's like, Oh, and you just, and, and everything changes about the way you look at life. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't even have to go to work unless I want to, unless I'm doing the things that I really value. I can choose kind of where I want to, want to spend my time. So becoming financially free has been life-changing for me. I love being a part of it and helping other people become financially free also. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And you got a great story. And one thing I want to touch on for sure is just the idea of passive investing. And, you know, you're talking about that financial freedom, right? So I know that when I first started investing in real estate, it was single family rentals, right? And, you know, I was working a W-2 job. I was away from home all the time, really. And, you know, trying to manage that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's not passive at all, really. I mean, you can can still set it up to be as passive as you want, but really uh, it's not quite as passive as some other investments like syndications, right? And so when I stumbled upon passive investing in and real estate syndications, man, like you said, it's like this light went off and I was just, <laughs> man, I was so excited. And so, you know, dove deep into the education, did all that good stuff. And then I kind of switched my strategy over to passive investing and syndications. But I kind of want to talk about your transition. You said, you know, you started in single family and then you had a relative say, hey, why don't you do this multifamily thing? You didn't have enough money, but let's go raise some money. So I want to talk about learning curve for that. So, you know, you went from single family to basically syndications. What was that learning curve like for you? Was it real difficult or what did you do to make sure you were taking the right steps? Well, you know, it's funny. I've, I've tended to try to get into things that are really hard to get into, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like medical sales. I wanted to get into medical sales over 10 years ago. And I was like, but you have to have medical sales experience to get into medical sales. So it was this quandary, like, how do you do this? And what's the, the way in? But I've realized for a lot of these things that there, it's like, how do you get into doing this? There's typically a side door. So people would say, oh, you've got to have all this experience and you've got to do this and you've got to work for a big property manager, you've got to do all this. There's always different creative ways you can get into it. So for me, kind of what I did is I just started reading everything I could about multifamily. I listened to podcasts. I went to events. I uh, Some of these books started talking about actually starting a meetup. So I started a meetup in Southern California. I had a bunch of calls with friends and family telling them, hey, here's what I'm doing now. And, and I have this great, you know, these great investments coming up. It'll be really exciting. I actually had 63 different phone calls with friends and family and absolutely zero invested in my first deal. <laughs> but you know, that's just the way it goes. But the first guy that invested was a guy who met me at my meetup. And of course, I'm the guy in the front of the room who's leading this kind of Q&A. We had 60 mm. people there and kind of leading this meetup. And he basically was like, I'd invest in one of your deals. So I got coffee with him and I brought him a sample deal. And then I introduced him to another guy that was also in the room who was a syndicator looking to raise money. So that was, you know, they, they call kind of the, like a friend of mine calls it the law of the first deal. Just getting that first deal done is like, it's like gold. Once you get it done, it sets you apart. People, brokers take you seriously. People take you seriously. So I basically raised $100,000 for a deal. And then I realized um, through this event that I went to, there's a, a lot of uh, kind of real estate and personal growth. There's a lot of kind of crossover between those two. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that I really admire that are in real estate that follow a guy named Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. And he has this quote that says, make yourself valuable to valuable people. And so somebody had mentioned this off the cuff at one of these events. And I thought, gosh, I really, I really got a lot of value to this guy. So I went and said, hey, how is this going? How's it going raising money in your business? Because he had a big platform, but it was for people kind of helping them themselves actually raise money versus actually raising the money themselves. And so mm. 
he was having some issues in that area. So I basically came on board and we raised, you know, $15 million over the next 18 months and we just scaled it up and it was awesome. So, you know, again, if you're willing to kind of get in the weeds and learn and try to find a way to solve problems, there's always an opportunity to, uh, to help. There's always an opportunity to get paid well. The people that can solve the biggest, hairiest problems for people that are valuable people making a contribution to the world, those are people that typically get paid pretty well. You know, I love the way that you put it, you know, we're talking about being valuable, right? And, and that's really what you want to do is make yourself valuable to valuable people, right? And that's exactly what you've done. And, and just, and, you know, in just a short period of time, you've had an enormous amount of success, right? And something that you had never done before, right? It's just like you said, you're putting yourself into hard situations and you're you're excelling, right? And it's, I, I just love, I love that so much. So it's fair to say that you're, you're all in a, a multifamily syndications at this point. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm full into that. And I look into other, I, I mean, to me, it's really not about what the investment is. I, I have done real estate for 15 years, but I, it's not that I love real estate. I love what real estate does for me. I love that it can reduce my tax bill to zero. I love that I can make you know passive income. I love that there's depreciation. I love that there's so many things about real estate, but there are other asset classes. I know you're in the oil and gas world, which that's you know some great stuff there. There's uh, a lot of credits that go that people can reduce ordinary income potentially by investing in oil and gas or carbon capture or other things. There's we're talking about an ATM fund that I'm starting to work on. There's other things that provide different things for investors or for myself, and it's just really understanding that you know knowledge really is power. So the more you understand your options, the more it allows you to to do a lot more with it, which I think is really exciting. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on there. So, so Bronson, for the next couple of minutes, I kind of do want to focus on multifamily, though. I know we kind of yeah. talked about this a little bit before the show, but you know, the last year, maybe two years, been a little abnormal, um, per you know most standards. Uh, you know, and you've been in the multifamily space, you've been seeing how these things uh, have been moved and shuffled around, and you see what's kind of happening current currently. Can you talk about how multifamily has generally performed um, during the past like year up till now? And because of all, the reason I'm asking is because a lot of our listeners they're really wanting to know like, what are the professionals seeing out there? You know, cause you're doing this day in and day out. And so being able to ask somebody like yourself, Hey, what is multifamily doing right now? It'd be a right. huge advantage to our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was interesting during COVID, um, you know, we basically expected, we didn't know what to expect, right? We expected that, oh my gosh, you know, like, is everybody going to stop paying rent or what's going to happen with these properties? So we withheld some, just kind of made our cash reserves a little bit more for each deal. Uh, for for almost every single deal, there's one deal we had a little bit of COVID issues when it came to just a few tenants not paying, but it was less than three percent of the tenant base or less than five percent. It was very low. We did have some kind of non-payment of tenants, but for the most part, it's really been pretty smooth. And then since like the last year, things have just gotten crazy. Where it's it's hard to find deals. You know, it's if you find something off market, it's awesome because if you're just finding an on market deal, there can be 25, 30 offers at the table. And that's not the place you necessarily want to be when you're making out. You want to you want to make you want to be the only one making an offer, not one of thirty. And so, um, it's an interesting market right now. I think uh, I think beyond that, and I know we're going to probably talk about this a little bit, but I think multifamily is the absolute best place to park cash right now because um, you have a cash flowing asset that has an inflation hedge built into it. You've got some tax benefits. That you can basically defer, or basically you can write off taxes to where you don't pay taxes, or you defer them until the property sold, and potentially you could actually defer even further if you get into another property. But uh, anyway, so there's some real advantages there. But what's happening right now in monetary policy, Danny, is just that they're printing so much money. I mean, 40% of all the currency that's ever been printed was printed in the last 18 months. So just a staggering number of new currency. So if you're in something like multifamily, 
Rents typically rise with inflation. Uh, there are areas that we buy in, such as Atlanta. We've got a couple of properties in Atlanta. And Atlanta is growing. They're expecting the next nine years for the population to grow 30 to 40% from where it is right now. So I think it depends what area you're in. You know, we don't buy in San Francisco or New York or some of these big markets. But if you're buying where the population growth is, the job growth, uh, a lot of these things are happening during COVID, retirees, all these reasons. It's just the idea of the rising tide kind of raises all ships. And we're seeing that. We're buying and we buy a lot of these southern states as well. So I think, you know, multifamily is, is a solid investment that if somebody's never invested in it before, it's not like everybody has to go and buy their own apartment building. It's that we buy these 100 to 300 unit apartment buildings. We basically pack it, you know, put investors together at, you know, 50,000, 100,000, whatever we put them together, we raise $5 million, we buy this thing where the goal is to about double the money in five to seven years. Some do phenomenally better than that. Some don't do as well as that. But in general, those that's kind of the some of the stuff we're going for right now. But I, I just really think for anybody that does not know about multifamily investing, it is the single best investment that you can get into right now. Absolutely. And you know, I completely agree with everything you just said. And I think you made some great points. And I do want to hit on a few of those, but one question before we get into that is, you know, so a lot a lot of things during COVID was people were talking about, hey, we're moving to the suburbs or you know, we're getting out of the urban areas and stuff like that. Is that kind of since since then, obviously we're not in the height of COVID anymore, but uh, you know, kind of moved on. Are you guys focusing more on kind of like these um, major MSAs or maybe some more of the secondary tertiary markets as we go forward, say for the next year or whatever? Yeah. So we, you know, honestly, I love areas like Jacksonville, Florida, where you have about a million and a half in population. It's not a primary market. It's a pretty solid secondary market, but it's, um, I mean, people would say that's kind of, you know, borderline secondary, but it's it's affordable to live. You can move there and still buy a really nice house for $300,000. So you get all these retirees moving here because of the weather, because of you know retirement. If they live in New York or Chicago, they don't want to deal with winters anymore. They can move down. And then for every retiree that moves to an area like this, you have you know let's say three or four people that have to move to support them, right? Because you've got retail, you've got people cleaning the house, you've got car services, you've got all kinds of you know medical, all kinds of different people that have to go support older people in these kind of areas. So so I think um, you know in general, I, I think that really big markets such as the Dallas, uh, Orlando, Miami, uh, these markets are pretty tough to really uh, do a lot in as a smaller investor. And the reason why is because the groups that buy in those areas are typically REITs. So if you have too much money, meaning you have a billion dollars to invest, and there are groups that have billions of dollars, you can't go into Jacksonville because it's too small. It's just too small of a market. But for you know, for people that are size, we're buying you know properties of you know 10 to 30 million or 10 to 45 million. Uh, it's perfect because we can go into these areas. We can buy Atlanta's another market like I mentioned. We like we like um, you know we've got some stuff in Huntsville, Alabama. We've got some some different markets we really like because they're big enough, but they're not too big. Because once you get too big, then it's all institutional money, and then I just see there's some risk there that you're you're just competing with such big players, and you don't really get that that growth upside. Versus when Jacksonville is at one and a half million, it's a great cash flow market. It will continue to appreciate because the population. Is growing so much. We're finding rents rising in Jacksonville almost 11% year over year, which is crazy. I mean, that's just crazy growth because you know you have so many people coming in and you can't build them fast enough. And so what that does is the stuff that we're buying that's 10, 20, 30, 40 years old, uh, you know, it, it puts pressure on, on, on just the rents going up and the value of all of those going up. Yeah, you make some great points there. And I love to hear that. And thank you. Thank you very much for explaining that kind of what your point of view is on that and what that looks like. Because, you know, 
as real estate investors, we got to follow the demographics, right? And it seems like that's kind of what you're doing, right? You're kind of just following sure. the, the trends that's going on there. So, you know, earlier you mentioned the, you know, um, multifamily being a very attractive asset class. And, you know, there are a number of advantages to investing in multifamily. You hit on a few of them, uh, one of them being inflation. So I do want to talk about that a little bit uh, before we jump into maybe some of the other advantages as well. But, uh, you know, obviously inflation is a hot topic, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, hot topic right now. Uh, you know, we're talking about all the money printing and kind of what's going on. And so if you can't, uh, can we take it just a few minutes? And obviously it's a hot topic, but why should everybody be paying attention to inflation and what it's doing or not doing? Yeah. So for most people that, um, you know, I was born in 1980, so I'm 41. I, you look like you're younger than I am. <laughs> and, you know, for, but basically in 1980, inflation got to almost 20% in one year. So there was a period between the late seventies and early eighties where inflation was just out of control. And, you know, we just, it's not in our recent memory. It's been a long time since this has happened. So everybody kind of thinks, Oh, things are just going to kind of get back to normal. But the problem is there's not a lot of fiscal restraint. So, uh, you know, there's this idea, the more money that you print, it's just, there's this, there's more money chasing the same amount of goods. I would even say right now, because of COVID, uh, they've basically given a lot of benefits for folks to, you know, stay at home, a lot of stimmy checks and other things to say, you know, so we're actually, as a country, we're producing less stuff. There's actually less stuff out there and there's more money now that's actually chasing less goods. So this kind of leads to a really stag stagflationary environment, right? You have, you know, unemployment could be higher and it's not just because people are unemployed, it's because people have stopped working and people are okay staying at home without I mean, just being able to get those checks. But, you know, you cannot print your way to prosperity. So part of the reason of multifamily being a really good hedge against that is that, um, you know, things that are physical, things that are real, whether it's precious metals, which is a whole conversation around that, uh, housing, I would say single family housing, but single family housing has a lot of volatility. You'll see crashes. You see at the worst point in the Great Recession, single family nationally in the U.S., it was about a 4% default or delinquency rate. So, you know, one in 25 were, in, you know, behind on their payments or in, in foreclosure. And, you know, with large multifamily, meaning 60 units or more, it was one out of every 250. So it was 10 times less. So again, people lose their homes. You have basically a recession-resistant asset class. I wouldn't say recession-proof, but it's recession-resistant. And particularly when you're buying uh, really those workforce type of housing, right? When you buy workforce housing versus class A apartments are brand new and they're getting premium rents that will not always exist, but people are always going to need a place to live particularly when, you know, things, if, if whether things are good or bad, they're always going to need a place to live. So when you have uh, a, you know, a place where people are just getting checks, there's more money going out, it's going to put pressure on rents and the value of multifamily or most real estate that's commercial real estate is all based on how much income is coming in. So it lags a little bit. It's not a one for one that all of a sudden there's this inflation, all of a sudden rents are here, but over time rents generally rise with inflation. And when that happens, what's going to happen is, the value of these properties is going to continue to rise. And I think it's people that, uh, it, this just happened to us. We actually had to have a deal, in another, our first deal in Jacksonville, we closed in June. And I've, I've never, I mean, we, we bought it so well. We bought it at 95,000 a door. It's a 288 unit. We're already getting offers for 125 to 130K a door. So wow. what that means is basically the investor equity is just a small portion of that. So we've just substantially, is that 70 or 80%, we, we've made a substantial increase on the investor equity. So now we're like, well, what do we do? Do we sell it now? Do we? And so we're thinking about exchanging it into a larger property to where we just get much higher cash flow for people. But I think this is not going to be that uncommon going forward. We're going to start to see, you know, where do people put all this money that's coming out here, right? We have the STEMI checks going to 
people that are, are lower income and middle class. And then we've got uh, PPP and these other kind of you know business stimulus things where people are using those in the business. And then for any profits that are coming from the business, they're saying, where can I park those profits? Well, they're putting them into assets, right? And so multifamily is a great hedge there. So, you know, you're talking about a hedge and uh, I love that. I love that term just based on terms of, you know, what's going to happen in terms of inflation, but, you know, obviously you don't have a crystal ball. You don't know what's going to happen with inflation. I mean, there's, we can all guess, right. But so in terms of what you think is going to happen, you know, investing in multifamily is a hedge. Do you think there's a nut, like what other strategies can somebody put into place to combat uh, inflation? And then also I do have, well, I'll let you answer that first and I'll ask you another question. Yeah. So I think you just mentioned you were watching this video, but there's a friend of mine, George Gammon, who has a strategy called the 108010 strategy where basically you put uh, you know 10% in physical metals such as gold and silver not ETFs but actually physical metals you can go watch that video and find out why physical metal metals are i think more important i didn't really get that but there's a monetary history of over 5000 years in metal so it's it's not necessarily i wouldn't call it an investment i'd call it insurance sure. uh, that basically holds its value and then 80% and then you obviously need your cash cash position as well, but 80% of your investable funds in cash flowing assets that pay you to hold them, such as multifamily, there's self-storage, there's other types of real estate type assets that pay you to hold them. There's typically some inflation hedge there as well. And then about 10% you can put into speculative things. Now, I'm not a crypto guy. My friends, some of my friends love crypto, they buy crypto. I think it feels like the dot-com bubble to me. But you know, <laughs> if you, you don't do crypto or any listener, please do it. Don't feel bad about it because Bronson says he doesn't do it. But uh, you can also do um, gold and silver junior mining stocks. So I do some of that. Uh, other There's other speculative things, VC kind of things you can get into too, but they're the strategies. Yeah, I appreciate you breaking that down. And absolutely, I was actually watching that video right before we jumped on here. Everybody go watch it right after this episode. Go watch it. It's a, it's a great video. There's some good stuff in there. Um, so Bronson, so I know we talked about, we just went over inflation and we're kind of talking about some of the reasons why multifamily is such a great asset class, why, why it has all these advantages. So uh, I think you mentioned tax benefits earlier. Uh, is there any other benefits you want to talk about uh, before we get out of here? Why multifamily is so great? Yeah, so I wrote a report about this. People can find it on my website at Bronson Equity. Dot com, but it's it's basically there's five major benefits. You know, one is obviously being inflation uh, hedge. You get a lot of tax benefits with it. Uh, there's there's basically higher returns. Uh, you know, it's not uncommon for us to see uh, you know typically in the fourteen to sixteen percent conservative projected returns. I'm not pitching any specific deal. I'm just saying you know some perform better than that, some perform worse, but we're seeing that very achievable. And if you can get 15% returns per year, your money will double about every five to seven years, which is huge. So it's higher returns, it's lower volatility. We talked about that versus single family. It's funny, everybody thinks single family is going to make you financially free, but it really doesn't. There's very few people that become financially free. There are people that do, but it just takes a really long time. And it's a long-term appreciation play versus getting into something where you actually can cash flow. So so those are a few benefits. And then... um, yeah, I think that, like I mentioned, the inflation hedge, I think there's probably one other one I'm missing, but uh, there's a lot. So I think just being in something that's real, that, um, you know, somebody else pays the, the the mortgage for you is great. And especially when it's the larger buildings, you just get much better management. You get a much more efficient asset class. And uh, that this is why, I mean, the, the, the highest percentage of people that are net worth over 100 million, they did a study and they found where did they put their money. The highest percentage of any portion was uh, in commercial real estate, and the reason why is because of all of these reasons. You know, inflation hedge, you get great returns, you get you know tax benefits. It's it, it really is an unfair asset class. I think. 
Yeah, and those are some great points. And you know, one of the reasons, I, all those reasons, I love, and the reasons why I invest in multifamily. But like we spoke about earlier, another great one is the passive income side, right? Just being able to be a passive investor and get into it as a passive investor is phenomenal. Because you know, I'm out working a W two job, gone all the time. That passive income has completely changed my investing strategy. So being able to invest in an asset class like multifamily that has all those benefits, and really all I have to do is spend some time vetting the sponsor, doing a due diligence on that, and then basically mailbox money after that. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, man. I I, I yeah. love it. And it's it, it's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. So, so Bronson, I appreciate you breaking that down. But before we get out here, uh, where is Bronson Equity headed in the near term? What, what's your main focus going forward? Yeah. So basically, you know, my passion is really helping to educate people on financial freedom. And I feel like multifamily is an incredible way to do it. I also talk about precious metals. I talk a lot about monetary policy because I think you can't, you know, it used to be just the dollar was, you know, and it has historically been the stable place to be, but it's really important you pay attention to what's happening right now because there's, there's a storm brewing when it comes to the currency and global events and a lot of things that are going on. It's really important that people pay attention. So a lot of education there. We're continuing to do more deals. We just uh, finished a deal recently in Jacksonville. We've got more deals we're working on. So we're working with investors to, to do that and just to try to help, uh, you know, folks to achieve their financial goals. So, yeah. Love it. Love to hear it, man. Uh, you know, this has been a great conversation, Bronson. Before we get out of here, I want to take some time and shine the spotlight on you and just tell the listeners more about the resources you have. you got a bunch of great resources, your YouTube channel, your 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 guides and all that stuff. Tell the listeners where they can find those and where they can uh, connect with you. Yeah. So we started doing, uh, we started the YouTube channel last December. I think I had 14 subscribers. It was uh, my mom and a bunch of her friends, but <laughs> now we've got, we've got about 800 subscribers. So really having fun with it, really trying to bring again, that financial conversation, but financial freedom, multifamily investing, monetary policy, what should you be doing? What should you be aware of? What are things you should be teaching your kids? All this stuff basically in those videos, so people can check it out. Just, you know, search Bronson Hill on YouTube. And then also, um, I wrote, like I mentioned, this report, The Single Best Investing Strategy During and After a Pandemic. It goes into detail why I love multifamily, how people can get started. That's at bronsonequity.com slash report. And uh, you can download that. If you're interested in hearing about our deals, you can get our, our investor list as well. Highly recommend all our listeners go check out that report uh, as soon as you can. I've read it myself. It is fantastic details. A lot of the stuff we talked about today. It's a great report, man. Bronson, it's been a great conversation. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Hey, I feel like a smarter asset already, man. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.